All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Ruthless ST Radio podcast. My name is Nick Bernal. Uh, with me this week is just AJ Morrow. Uh, unfortunately, Evan had an unexpected trip to the hospital. Uh, you know, uh, best wishes to Evan and company. And uh, AJ, how are you doing this week? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, doing not too bad. Uh, the snow kind of just came out of nowhere, and now it's all slushy. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I think uh, maybe after we do this, uh, before I go get some dinner, I might go find a nice parking lot and play in it a little bit. Cause there why you not? go. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, oh, definitely I'm wish I could do that. Definitely wish I could do that. But uh... <laughs> I was gonna say, I think you're still waiting on a clutch, aren't you? I have the clutch. I just uh, just got to get it put in and uh, have it all squared away. But yeah, it's definitely a definitely a lot of fun to to go in the snow and spin it around a little bit. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. So we've got a good show for you guys this week. We've got, uh, we're, 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 we are restarting the intro to autocross series or intro to track day series, whatever you'd like to call it. Uh, what we're going to cover kind of applies to both. It is tailored, uh, for the person that wants to get into autocross though, uh, specifically in the, uh, in our local region in southwest Ohio. However, these talking points that we're going to talk about today can be uh, copy and pasted into your local area. It just might take you a little bit more research to do so. I kind of did the, a lot of the research for our local guys already. So before I get into that, though, AJ, do you have any uh, announcements for the group or for the for the show? Uh, yes, I just wanted to uh, send a reminder out to those uh, that are part of the cruising around Dayton. Uh, just some upcoming events that we got coming up. Obviously, we got the uh, the Dragon Slayer uh, rally, so we're going to be doing that here in April. And then in May, we are doing the 2021 Drive-In Cruise, which is the uh, premiere of Fast 9. So we are going to be doing that. That's on Saturday, May 29th, so mark your calendars for that. Go ahead and RSVP in the Cruising Around Dayton group on Facebook. And then also, uh, we are doing the first annual Windy 10 Cruise, uh, Saturday, June 12th to June the 13th. Yeah, that's a and, fun one. Oh, yeah. So the 10, Windy 10 is the rim of the world, uh, the Southern Dip, Hocking Hill Nipper, Lazy River, Zaliski Zipper, Pioneer Pass. Pomeroy Dash, Black Diamond Run, Triple Nickel, uh, the Ohio cousin of the Tail of the Dragon. Uh, the total miles of all the routes combined is about it's about 766 miles, so make sure you have a uh, full tank of gas and also bring cash with you. So I do recommend that. And we are going to be staying at a hotel, uh, probably somewhere in Athens. So uh, everybody RSVP for that. and. Look forward to uh, the upcoming events that we have planned. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty good year for 2021. Well, you guys are going to be staying in a hotel. I'm probably going to try and find me a camping spot somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the camping type. I'm the, I'm the I am. long cabin type. <laughs> you know, you know, if I can, if I can combine my two favorite things, which is driving my car, uh, going places very fast and twisty, and camping, I will do so <laughs> by far hey, i i like camping so more power to you man <laughs> <laughs> so, you can get 
uh, bit by all the mosquitoes you want, and I'll just be safe and sound in a log cabin. See, I with, got uh, I got a nice sealed screen room and camp chair, and I don't have that problem. So, <laughs> you know, I and if I really want to be out uh, in the wilderness, I'll just light a nice smoky fire, and that'll also keep all the mosquitoes away. So that's true. I, I typically don't have that problem. Yeah. But uh, so we've got an action-packed, well, not action-packed, but uh, definitely an info-packed show this week. You know, uh, I did last year. I did the uh, original intro to Autocross series, and based on uh, the limited reviews that I did get, uh, it was mostly me. Actually, it was me, myself, and I doing the doing that show. Uh, it came out really good, but. I figured since I have at least one of my co-hosts, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah. we'll we'll try this again, and uh, we'll see where it goes. So, you know, the the when when you get in first get into autocross, you know, you're, you're looking at um, you know where can I do it uh, relative to the local area, uh, and in our case, you know, we we <laughs> we're pretty spoiled, um, you know, because just south of Dayton is. Uh, down there, they call it Trader's World International Speedway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what they call the lot down at Trader's World. And that's the home of uh, the Cincy uh, SCCA group. Uh, that is where they do all of their autocross. Uh, it's actually a really nice lot. Uh, it's so nice, in fact, that not only have they had, uh, and they still continue to have, the Evolution Driving School come in every year, uh, but... Uh, last year, and then again this year, they've actually had the Optima Drive Auto X series come in down there and do an event. So uh, it, it's a great run area. I, I know the guy that runs uh, the the solo program down there. He's a great guy. Um, and uh, we're also spoiled because we have a, a region right here in our backyard, uh, Western Ohio region, which is also my local region. Um, also for most of the people in the Dayton area, that's going to be their local region. They race out at, uh, Kilcare for the most part. Um, and then if you want to do a little bit of trekking, um, there's some great, uh, SCCA and independent clubs, uh, that surround our area. Uh, up north, you have Northwestern Ohio region and they, typically run in Toledo. Um, I believe they run at the Toledo airport, um, but I'd have to double check on that. Uh, you have the Ohio Valley region of the SCCA, and they run at what's called um, Fortress Obets, which is where the Columbus Motor Speedway used to be. Uh, and then we also have the uh, Buckeye Miata Club, uh, they run in the Columbus area. They run at a, uh, they actually run at a go kart track. Uh, that's outside. That's a go karting facility. Uh, they still set up an autocross course on that. Uh, and that kind of rounds out. Unless you want to go up to Cleveland, that kind of rounds out uh, the areas uh, in and around Southwest Ohio that are easily accessible to go racing. Now, Nick, they no longer do it at the Upper Valley Mall. Uh, they do not. Uh, there was talk la at the tail end of last year that they might allow the Miami Valley Sports Car Club, which ra currently races at the Air Force Museum, uh, to okay. start doing that again. 
but that turned into a faux pas. They were kind of hmm. just, in in, uh, in layman's terms, they were blowing smoke up their ass. Oh, wow. Unfortunately. Yeah, it turned into a whole big drama fest. It really turned into a whole big drama fest uh, because of the reason they left, too. Uh, the reason we got kicked out of there. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, police involvement or anything, but um, it was just uh, they kept coming up with excuses, and then they finally they finally uh, said uh, to, to to heck with it. Looked like a pretty good spot from which I was uh, seeing like videos and uh, like different clips and stuff from other people going there and doing it. But uh, yeah, it was a great yeah. spot uh, in terms of size. Uh, because we use that entire that entire back parking lot pretty much from end to end was yep. uh, track, paddock, and grid. And it was a really nice spot, but the actual condition of the pavement uh, left a lot to be desired. Yeah. Um, in the fact that we would open up our own potholes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was, my goodness. It was not very fun. No, that doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> no, because then you have these uh, mid-run group course corrections, and you're like, what? <laughs> Which, that's that's kind of a no bueno. So they, the MVSCC, they run at, a, at the, the really, really small lot uh, out at the Air Force Museum. And then they also, uh, they are looking at other sites as well. They're looking at, there's a... The, uh, the HQ building has a kind of decently sized lot uh, in Area A that they're looking okay. at trying to get. Ah, that'd be um, nice. Yeah, that would be. But, you know, you'd have to go actually onto the base. So I don't know what kind of, you know, security stuff you'd have to adhere to at that point. Yeah. You'd have to be on, like, a list to be able to get on the base. But that would be a nice uh, lot. Yeah. The, the problem with um, finding sites in the area uh, is you have groups like the one that comes to immediate thought is uh, Dayton Takeover. <laughs> where, well, here, so this is kind of on a tangent, but it, it, it does relate to this, and I'll kind of mm -hmm. explain why. So Dayton take over what they do, and I'm assuming that this isn't done in just Dayton. I'm assuming this is done in a lot of places. I know it's done in Columbus. Um, but they'll go into a lot. They'll go do donuts, and they'll drift, and they'll do burnouts till tires pop and that kind of thing. And then they'll, when, when the cops come, they'll vacate and go to another lot. Yep. And then they'll just do that all night. They'll, they'll you know, go to the cops, get called, and then they'll vacate. Then they'll go to the cops, get called at a different site. Sometimes they don't even, not everybody even gets to the lot before they got to vacate. Well, that's all well and good uh, until proper, licensed, um, insured um, organizations like the Western Ohio region of the SCCA, for example, or even since the SCCA, uh, as another example, try and go find spots. Because when you come up, when you, when you talk to and present your uh, offer to the the business owner, the lot owner, a lot of times they're like, no, just no, uh, we, we we don't want you. And it's not necessarily because of takeover, but 
that certainly does not help. Yeah. And and the the actual sects of the car community that actually do legal uh, activities end up getting burned. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. They kind of ruin it for everybody when they do that kind of stuff. And I never really went to those Dayton takeovers, but I heard a lot of heard a lot of flack about them. And yeah, you know, I I went to a couple just to see them, uh, and I would sit there and laugh at people that blow their blow their shit up and ruin ruin wheels and tires. And it's like, why? It's just why. But idiots. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another topic for another day, though. Yep, that's true. Let, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. Let's kind of get back on topic here. So one thing I did uh, when I went through for the week, uh, when I made the made the show up for the week, the things we were going to talk about, was, um, you know, I had uh, my guys come up with, uh, you know, two or three questions apiece. And AJ, you actually had one that fits in perfectly for what we're talking about correct so why don't you go ahead and ask it all right what are the safety requirements for autocross such as helmets cage hans device so i was actually looking for number two first oh (laughs) yeah i was actually looking for number two first but we'll that's that's later in the show we'll talk about that all right does the scca still hold meetings in the dayton area so the answer to that is yes um, they actually held meetings all of last year, but it was, and they, they're still doing it this year. They're doing zoom meetings, uh, because normally the, the board and the membership would meet at TJ Chumps in Fairborn. Okay. Uh, it's the, the second or third Tuesday of every month or the first Tuesday of every month. It's one of the Tuesdays of each month and we'd get together and we'd go through, uh, you know, all the sects of the SCCA. So, we have a we obviously have a solo program. Uh, that's kind of the reason the club exists. Um, we have we kind of split it with OVR, but we have a rallycross program as well. We also have a road rally program that kind of is in remission at the moment. Um, there's really no interest for that in the Dayton area. This is why Julian should. Try and do more road rally type stuff, like GTA uh, type stuff, to adhere to yeah. the SCCA rules for that, mm-hmm. um, which is doable. Yes. Um, hint, hint, Julian Stapleton. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> um, and then we also have uh, we we have like a membership chair, which uh, they go out and you know while you're at an event, for an example, they they ask you if you're having fun. That kind of thing. Uh, they plan social activities for the club, uh, that kind of thing. But yes, uh, Dayton is kind of the home for the Western Ohio region of the SCCA. So, awesome. yeah, it, it's great. Um, you know, I live in Springfield, um, and Kilcare is about a half hour from my house. Was really yeah, I'm nice. Hop, was I'm re- about a hop skipping a jump too as well. Yeah, uh, it was really nice when we were doing stuff at Upper Valley Mall because that was about. 10 minutes from my house there you go <laughs> and that that's yep. kind of the best case scenario but hey i'll i'll draw usually if i'm uh doing a local event um and i don't change my tires i'll either go to kill care or i will go to you know if they ever have them again at the upper valley mall i will go there 
uh, oh, on, yeah. on my race tires. Anywhere else, because of the cost of tires, uh, 200 treadwear tires specifically, uh, mm-hmm. I will typically um, go somewhere and uh, <laughs> take them with me and change them on site. There you um, go. Well, that's the benefits of driving a hatchback. <laughs> All that, just you throw it in the back and you go. Um, so that kind of brings us to our next point, which is scheduling. Um, so typically, uh, and this could change, you know, and, and, and obviously it depends on, you know, the, the, the area that you're in, uh, in the Dayton area, we can typically autocross. If you really want to stretch it, we can typically autocross every weekend of every, well, the summer months. So you're looking March, late March, early April to October ish or november ish um unfortunately uh we do not have uh at least for uh western ohio and i don't think ovr put theirs out yet either um schedules are still coming together for the year uh the only one that i have set in stone is my optima schedule that i'm running and i'm running two of those events Uh, i'm not going to try and go to ncm i was going to try and do that but the logistics for that just won't be in the cards, unfortunately. But uh, we'll still be running uh, two of the Optima events. We're going to run, uh, obviously, the one in our backyard in Cincy. And we'll also be running the one uh, out at Grissom Aeroplex, is what it's called now. Or it's also called Grissom uh, Air Force Reserve Base uh, out in Indiana. So we're going to run both of those. Um... And, and, you know, when we're not running those and we're not trying to run, say, the Pro Solo in Bristol, I'd love to do that, but I don't think the logistics are going to come together for that either this year, uh, or Atlanta. Um, you know, I just fill it in with uh, regional events or events that interest me. So I'll look at, I'll look at um, War's schedule. I'll look at Cincy's schedule. Cincy I'll look at kind of early in the year to go there maybe once or twice um, before that Optima event in, I want to say it's June. Um, And then I would try and go out to an Indy regional event, but just for an Indy regional event, that's a bit far for me to have to, you know, go either find a hotel room or camp somewhere and just for one event, for one one one-day event. I typically don't do that either. That's another thing, too. Uh, All, or most, regional events are going to be one day. Usually they're on a weekend, so they're going to be on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, I know all of our regions in the area, I believe, run on Sundays. I know War does. I haven't looked at the uh, Cincy schedule yet. Uh, And then, you know, like the bigger events, they're... They're like two days. Sometimes they're as long as like three days. It just depends. Um, but you find two two to three local clubs that you follow, right? And they can be SCCA. They can be independent. And you look at those schedules and you, um, you just go based on what their schedules are. And you fit that in uh, in your month. Um, like I said, if I really wanted to, I could go racing just about every month or every weekend of the summer if I really want to. Obviously, I can't. I have prior commitments 
Um, cruising around Dayton, Dragon Slayer Rally, anybody? Um, but that's <laughs> typically how I will plan uh, my year. Is I'll go through and I'll look at my prior commitments, and then I'll filter those out and say, okay, those weekends are off the table. When can I race? And typically I can fill any weekend I want with racing somewhere. And it's really nice to be able to do that. Um, for your first event, you're going to want to look at, definitely look at a regional. If you're going to try to go to a big event for your first event, I would definitely recommend something like the Drive Optima or the Optima Drive Auto X events. Simply because you're going to get about two to three regional events worth of seat time in one event. And the value for money for that is going to be um, way better, in my opinion, than a regional event. Now, at the same time, there is no novice class at one of these events. There's a novice class uh, on a regional event. And that kind of leads us into our next our next point, kind of conveniently. So, classing. So, this is kind of... This is a big gray area because it's going to depend on your individual vehicle. So, for me, for my current planned build, I haven't built it yet. I'm still acquiring the parts. But for my planned build, for my, for Ruthless, for my Focus, we're looking at it's tuned already. So that by itself is going to knock me out of any any stock class I could be in, typically. So we're tuned. We're, uh, to to complement the tune, we're doing a front-mount intercooler. We're going to do coilover suspension, which is already ordered. And then that's about it as far as, um, you know, drivetrain slash um, power mods go. Um, depending on the organization you're in, um, it, you, you just have to look at the rule book. Um, and especially with the SCCA, uh, the, the rules are very, very defined. And the classing is very defined. And that's what I personally like about the SCCA. Uh, so let's, let's have another example. AJ, what have you, what all have you done for power adders? or power-related mods to your Mini? Okay, so I've done uh, a 17% reduced pulley. Okay. Uh, NGK colder plugs, which is required for the Mini Cooper when you do the 17%. It's sure. an Alta pulley. And then I have an NVIDIA N1 titanium exhaust. Sure. Um, now, is that a catback or is that catless? Catback. Catback, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then also have a JCW uh, box mod cold air intake. Okay. So I'll be able to go through some of that, but not all of it. So for street, um, you can – about the only things you can do are change one of the sway bars. So, you know, if you're a front – if you're a front-wheel drive car, you're going to change your rear sway bar – if you're a rear-wheel drive car, you're going to change your front sway bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can ch- change the tires to a streetable 
uh, essentially a streetable slick, which is a 200 treadwear or greater tire. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the way that the way that treadwear ratings work for those that don't know is the the lower the number, the stickier it's the the tire is. So a 200 treadwear tire depending on the tire it's also going to depend on that too, because uh, it's it's different a little bit for uh, each um, each. Um. <laughs> Had a brain fart? Yeah, a little bit. I'm I'm trying to multitask here. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a little different for each um car or each tire, because like for example a um. A um, Yokohama AO52, for example, uh, it it it's stamped as a 200 treadwear tire. That's great. That's wonderful. However, there are reports, and this is widely known. This isn't anything that's new. This is widely known um, that it handles like a tire that has an 80 treadwear. And you're probably wondering how that is so the way that yokohama made their tire they basically made it uh, essentially like a uh, a street radial drag tire you know how those have about four lines cut in them and that's about it <laughs> and the rest is pretty much a slick that's kind of what they did here uh and there's little diagonal cuts in them to direct water out of the main uh, three or four grooves cut in the tire. And thereby, that then equals a 200 treadwear tire in Yokohama's eyes. So if it's stamped 200 treadwear, SCCA can't exactly say much. So it's basically a cheater tire. So, but actually, AJ, what I was doing was I was looking up... What year is your Mini? 2005. Oh, five. Okay, so what I'm actually doing here, and this is on SCCA.com, is while I can't tell you necessarily what mods um, your uh, mini will put you in as far as uprated class, I can at least tell you what your base class would be and uh, tell you kind of the things that you would be competing against. So let me, I'm just scrolling through here. Um, and, and of course, you know, kind of related to um, your question, um, the um, you would be in, by the way, uh, D Street. So you'd be in with things like the Fiesta ST, uh, the Audi TT, uh, anything from the 1.8 Turbo Non Quattro to the Quattro. Uh, turbo, um, ATS, uh, with the two liter turbo, uh, the four cylinder Camaro, uh, including the one LE Camaros, mm -hmm. uh, stuff like the Eagle Talon, turbo, okay. uh, the Focus RS, but stuff like that. Okay. So small hatchback, uh, or coupes. Because uh, the BRZ is uh, included in that as well. Um, but 
anyhow, um, so as far as that, and that's just SCCA classing. That doesn't include things like um, like MVSCC uses NASA rules. So that's kind of a whole different beast because it's basically you're given a letter, and then uh, that's about it. At least as far as MVSCC is concerned. Um, so they don't care about suspension or... So not really. Uh, and even okay. then their classing is kind of weird because... Here's a perfect example. Um, so are you familiar with what an exoset is? Um, kind of, sort of. I was yeah. going to say, I'll give you another example. Um, do you know what a Birkin 7 is? Birkin or a Super seven. Performance S1? Mm, no. So I'll give you a hint. Do you know what the okay. uh, Do you know what the uh, Lotus Super 7 is? Yes. So those are basically kits of the Lotus Super 7. The, or okay. The, or the Caterham R500 or R900 or whatever it happens to be called. So it's basically like the same wheelbase as an Aerial Atom? Yes. yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about. So those cars are lumped in with an all-stock C5 Z06 Corvette. Oh, nice. Well, that's nice, but it's also not nice because the you know the power-to-weight ratio is just on one of those is crazy because mm -hmm. they weigh yeah. like nothing. Whereas you're in a, what is it, a... 3,200-pound Corvette with 400 horsepower. Mm -hmm. eh. So it's kind of lopsided there. Typically, I'll go run MVSCC for seat time. I'm typically not competitive there. That might change, but as of now, I'm not very competitive there. And that's another thing, too. You may not be competitive in your street class, but you may be competitive if you build the car out a little bit and... Put your car in something else. For example, and this is my example. So my example is the Focus ST in SCCA is in G Street. That's an all-stock prepped uh, Focus ST. So you can change like brake pads, brake fluid. Uh, you can do cat-back exhaust. They just need, for a street, you need to leave all cats in, that kind of stuff. Um... You can change your one one sway bar, so I change the rear sway bar. Um, and I run RE71R tires. So that puts me in G Street. What am I in G Street with? I am in G Street with, well, the main thing is the Mark 7 Golf GTI. Nice. Not nice for me. <laughs> because yeah, it's I get a higher horsepower, right? <laughs> well, it's not necessarily that. It's it's a more refined car, mm -hmm. and those with the DSG because it's a DSG and shifts faster than you. Granted, you only need one shift typically, but yeah, it's just a more refined car. So, and part of it's driver mod. I'm not saying it's all not driver mod. Part of it's yeah. driver mod. Um, because I drove a Corvette for two or three years, and then I started driving my own car, and I want to drive my own car like a Corvette, and that doesn't work. No. <laughs> so what's my solution? Throw parts at it. 
There you go. Well, it needs some needs some refreshment anyway. It's got almost almost ninety five thousand miles on the clock, so this is it's coming due for uh, you know, gotta replace the suspension with something else and it's tuned yep. now, so it needs a front mount and but the Focus ST generally at least now that there's more modern cars and the cars have gotten better, it's fallen out of competition nationally and also regionally with stuff like the Golf. So, SCCA a couple of years ago made this class. It's kind of a step-up class um, specifically for things like Focus STs, uh, WRXs, uh, and I believe Golfs can go into this too. Uh, it's called Street Touring Hatchback. So, it takes the Street Touring rules basically limits you to a max 285 width tire if you're front wheel drive and um, you get a tune uh, an intake and it's basically the suspension wild west in terms of hatch what is available out there for suspension for that type of car you can go to things like bigger brake rotors and that kind of stuff, too. Uh, that's kind of the smaller stuff, the more minute stuff. So if I were to change my intercooler, go with the bigger intercooler, I'm planning on doing an RMW race cam, and then also I want to up the injectors to a 380cc injectors from JCW, which Correct. is from the John Cooper Works. Is that going to change my class as well? So your class is already out of the out of the out of proportion because of your pulley reduction. Okay. Um, basically, street class is for an all stock car. Completely led out of the box. Yep. Stock. Yep. Okay. Except for you know rear sway bar, um, you can do some suspension work, but for cars like ours, you're basically going from stock suspension to fully adjust at least double adjustable, meaning ride height and damping adjustment coilovers. Okay. So that's going to automatically put you out of street if you change okay. suspension. Um, yeah, I got adjustable gas shocks, Coney adjustables, and then I have uh, 10 performance suspension lowering springs. So, yeah. It just... Yeah, so that'll knock you out of – that would not well, – that might – I'm not fam really familiar – I'm more familiar with street touring hatch than anything else just because that's mm -hmm. what I'm going into. Yeah. Um, but that might knock you into something like street mod front wheel drive. Okay. Which is like full bolt on stuff. Okay. Um, but that's just something like I like, like you reach out to like like when you're at an event when you get out of novice and you say hey I need help classing, they'll class your car accordingly. The all all the all the guys that and gals that run the clubs are super awesome to work with and i can't i can't overstate that at all awesome um, yeah so a few years ago when dad and i did our first event in our c5 which is his c5 the yellow uh, one the yellow one yep the that's yellow nice. one the yellow uh, frc uh that's a c5z uh, we bought it well he bought it <laughs> i keep saying we <laughs> <laughs> he bought it specifically to go race that is all he bought it for. Uh, he drives mm -hmm. it on the street occasionally, yes. But it's set up to a point now where 
you can drive it on the street, and it's not a bad drive on the street either, with the with the with the street tires on it. But it's it's made to go around corners pretty quick. Um, which is awesome. You know, we love doing that. But when we did our first event, we were on the original tires from 2003, which were Goodyear Eagle F1 garbage tires, and they were hard <laughs> AF. Uh, you know what? And we just did novice, and we went and had fun. And, you know, I, about the first or second run that I did, um, you know, we just basically took our motorcycle helmets because they were within spec uh, for safety. And we'll kind of get into that, too. That That's kind of next. Um, yes. So, you know, um, we kind of went and we just did novice and we didn't really know what we were doing because dad hadn't dad used to autocross when he was younger, uh, but he hadn't done it in a few years. And, you know, in the first or second run. You know, I remember, I remember, I got out of the car, and I walked up to him, and I said, I want to do more. Like, like, the bug bit me. It, it's <laughs> it's firmly planted in my rear end, and I want to do more. And the track bug. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's, it's one of those things. You know, you do something, and you really love doing it, because, oh, yeah. you know, up until that point, I really wasn't involved in the car scene at all. I was still driving a Kia Soul. Oh, wow. Yeah. I went from a Kia Soul to a Focus ST. <laughs> <laughs> so you lost the Soul and went with the Focus. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, you know, and that came about because I was sick and tired of co-driving. <laughs> I wanted to drive my own car. Right. And I almost bought a Miata. But That's not a bad car. I, no, no, but... My thing was at the time was I saw more Miatas at Autocross than anything oh, else. Oh, yeah. And, and I wanted something different. Yep. So I Absolutely. started looking around, and I'm like, you know what? I don't see any focuses out here. Mm -mm. And I still don't really see any focuses out there. I see a couple every now and again, but usually they're the RS. I don't usually see Or Fiesta. See or Fiestas, yes. I see a couple Fiestas. I don't really see any Focus STs. Mm -mm. And now I kind of know why. Two or three yeah. years later into my autocross career in my Focus, I kind of yep. know why. Because by the time I bought my Focus, they weren't really competitive anymore. <laughs> Man. But, um, but so that's kind of why STH exists, um, is for that reason. So, and, and Focus STs are... One of the main cars that are in STH. So I'm really excited to see kind of when I go to national events, how I'll stack up to everybody else. I'll probably be very, very humbled, but that's okay. It's interesting to see other people's builds and the it, car it, that you're it like, is. okay. It is because, you know, perfect example. You go down to a Cincy autocross, right? And you got guys like, Danny Pop, and this is kind of related to your number three question, which is, are hi higher horsepower vehicles good for autocross? Um, the answer to that is yes and no. Um, <laughs> you'll see guys like Paul Curley uh, that have fully built, naturally aspirated LS6s and LS7s and their C5s and C6s. 
um, with big giant wings and big giant splitters because, you know, as we know, Paul Curley does more than just autocross with his C5. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, he actually does and goes and does the Optima search for the ultimate streetcar, which is you got to do everything. So you need all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you'll see big old, big old splitters and stuff that almost looks like it should be at Pike's Peak. As opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to at an autocross, um, you know, one of the coolest cars I've ever seen is, um, you know, what the Honda America Racing Team is, right? Yes. So they actually have, based kinda out of Marysville, out of the Marysville plant, they actually have a couple of prepped autocross cars. They have a ninth gen Civic. And I believe they also have an S2000. And those kind of change a little bit. I saw the S2000 on the highway uh, a couple years back. Uh, it got in a really bad accident. The, the whole back of the wheel uh, was completely bent. And uh-huh. just the, the quarter panel was... Uh, I got a picture of it. I'll have to, I'll have to send it to you uh, after the show. Yeah, that that would be why they trailer their stuff everywhere. Mm. <laughs> They have a nice Man. big enclosed trailer they pull behind a ridgeline now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Hart has a couple cars that they race, and they, you know, they'll do R&D on some stuff for that. Um, but there's uh, a lot of different clubs out there that are awesome. Um, and, and, you know, that's kind of the point we're trying to get across here. No matter, Typically, no matter where you go, you're going to run into awesome people and do an awesome thing. Um, now, now, now's the, the big one, the big question, you know, prep. So, and that's kind of a crapshoot at this point, right? But, you know, as with anything else, with anything legal motorsport related, there are, you know, minimum, uh, prep that you have, minimum, uh, things you have to prep. So... Kind of like what we said last week for the Dragon Slayer Rally. You know, do all your preventative maintenance. Make sure nothing's leaking. Because there is tech inspection. And that's one thing they check. They'll open your hood. They'll uh, they'll wiggle your oil cap. Make sure it's on tight and it's not going anywhere. Uh, and then they'll do the same thing for the coolant lid too. That's about it. Um, then they make sure... Then what they do is they'll take... They're, they're, they're always wearing gloves. And they will push on uh, each of your tires, or at least two of them, to make sure that your tires aren't going to, you know, explode. Uh, And then they'll check your helmet. And I want to say the minimum helmet requirement, and actually I could probably look this up real quick myself, but I want to say it is Snell 2004. Five. It could have gone to 2010. I know it was getting close to where 05s were not um, legal anymore to be used. Um, and I want to say it was either this year or next year that that was going to be the case. Uh, and I actually do have the SCCA rulebook up in front of me, so you'll have to give me a minute to look. Um, so do you have anything you want to bring up so far, AJ, while I'm doing that? 
Uh, let's see here. Hmm. I was trying to think. Um, well, yeah, go ahead and look that up and I'm going to go and see here. All right. Let's bring up the, was one of the events that I was going to bring up that I didn't, I didn't mention. Uh, let's see here. Where was it? Oh yes. Um, another event that we do with the cruising around Dayton, uh, is the, uh, tri-state cruise. Now the tri-state cruise consists of meeting up in Moraine at uh, Payne Recreational Park. Uh, and once we meet up there and then we head over to Rising, Rising Sun, Indiana, and we cross two ferries. So once we hit all these roads and stuff, and we go through, um, Metro Park over by, um, uh, let's see, that's in, um, Let's trying to think of the town we go through. It's right outside of Moraine. Um, anyways, we hit one of the metro parks over there, and then we head our way to Indiana. And then once we get into Indiana, we get to Rising Sun Casino. There is a ferry <laughs> that we go across when we cross the river, go into Kentucky. And then from that, we go... Uh, CVG, which is uh, Cincinnati Airport, um, and there's a tunnel right there, so it's pretty awesome to go through that. Just kind of everybody just stops all at once. Just, we just haul haul the mail through the tunnel, <laughs> and then we go on some other country roads uh, closer to Cincinnati, and then we end up uh, going to another ferry, and we cross the Ohio River there into Cincinnati and that's the end of the end of the cruise. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've done it twice already and it, uh, it's a really good time, but that's later in the year when we do that. But, uh, it's, yeah, that's definitely it's kind of, I need to hit too. Oh, it's fun. It's, it's a blast. Just getting everybody on the boat and crossing the, crossing the river. And it's, yeah, it's something else. So, and I have that answer for you as to what the minimum helmet requirement is. So this is the last year of the M2005 and SA2005 classification for Snell. So after 1231 of this year, you're not going to be able to use 05 helmets anymore. It's going to go up to, I, I want to say, 2010. Um, but you can also use, um, so there's a couple other standards. Obviously, you can get an FIA standard helmet, which those are not very venting, and they're fireproof and all that fun stuff. Um, but a more common uh, rating is going to be the, the ECE 22.05 rating, which is going to be found on a lot of motorcycle helmets. Um, you can go to places like Iron Pony and try and find one. However, if you go to JEGS, Either go to Jags' website or go to Jags' retail store in Columbus. Uh, they'll be able to set you up. And you'll have basically all the minimum safety requirements that you need. Um, because you'll be using your standard uh, seat belts and that kind of stuff in the car. For me, um, you can bolt a harness bar and use a harness in a street car. And it's actually kind of recommended that you do. Um, for me, I have a little different solution, though, 
uh, and I believe you can actually get these for minis too. Uh, it's called the Shroth uh, Quick Fit Harness, which basically, instead of using a harness bar, uh, bolts onto the um, bottom seat belt bolt in the front and the rear on one side. And then on the other side, it uses the standard seat belt buckle, and you have a four-point harness. Ah, I see that. It's really nice um, in the sense that also with a harness bar for me, I'd lose the ability to you know have people sit behind me in the back seat. Kind of need kind of need to use it on occasion. Yeah. So for me, what's really nice about the quick fit is it's one, two, three, four snaps, and then I can use my back seat. Harness ah. just comes out. Yep. And it's really nice too because it just you pull the factory bolt out. Thread thread the uh, the shroth uh, piece on like a washer and just bolt it back in. That's installation. That's all it is. And I actually use that as my seatbelt every day because uh, it's a little safer than just using the factory three-point um, safety belt. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That actually looks really nice. And It, it is that. very nice. I, I have to get one for the passenger seat. They're, they're a little on the expensive end. They're like 250 bucks a harness. Yeah, sixty bucks a harness, but for me, uh, especially with stuff like that, that is not a place where you want to shave and save money. You know, my my adage, my age old adage is, um, what would you pay for your life? Because I've I have seen some pretty nasty um, wrecks at autocrosses. Um, there's one notable one. Uh, it was the last event uh, a few years ago of M MVSCC's year. Uh, it was a fun event. And one of the participants had just won the SCCA National Championship in her class in her uh, street touring ultra prepped. It was a 04 STI. And this thing was a no-money-spared build. Um, you know, best everything you could buy. Um, but it was a little damp. And one of the course features was a multi-gate. Not a multi-cone, a multi-gate. It was a gated slalom. On the one edge of the... It was actually at Upper Valley Mall. And it was along the back edge of the parking lot. Well... As you know, AJ, uh, when you get uh, squirrely in a rear in a all-wheel drive car, um, mm -hmm. you're you're having a pretty bad day. Yeah, and that's that what sounds... that's what happened to this young fellow. Oh no! Um, and he didn't roll it or anything, but he jumped that curb and ended up in that ditch, and the front end of that car um, hit a tree. Oh man. Yeah, it was not pretty. Um, so, I mean, they still rebuilt the car, and, you know, it came back next year and just absolutely slayed. But, you know, uh, it was less than a month after she won the national championship. And I always tell that story. Um, I always tell that story to um, kind of give everybody an idea that, yeah, it can still happen. It doesn't happen very often. But it can still happen uh, where you get in an accident. And, and 
Unfortunately, uh, that's not something you want to tell your insurance company because then they won't cover your claim. Yeah. <laughs> so there's been instances where it has been covered, but that's few and far between. Um, but yeah, so the amount of prep just depends on kind of what your class is. But minimum prep is basically a, a Snell either... 2005 or 2010 helmet and that's about it um you know and I, and I would still do things like your preventative maintenance uh depending on how many events you're gonna do or how hard you drive it uh during the summer uh you know like i uh shorten my uh oil change intervals during the summer because uh, i'm driving my car so hard and so much i'll go from five thousand down to three um so i'll keep it keep fresh oil in it uh, more often uh, keep an eye on the brake fluid level that kind of stuff um, just to make sure you know nothing bad happens while I'm out driving like a maniac <laughs> um, so with that said that was pretty much the show uh, AJ do you have any questions for me uh no, I think we're good. Um, I believe we covered uh we covered everything. We let them all know about the uh the SCCA, as far as the uh the requirements for that, and then the the meetings and you know what vehicles are good for autocross. And so yeah, we covered pretty much a a good portion of uh what we were uh, had had planned to talk about. So yeah, so success. The 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 main thing that I want people to take away from this from this first episode of this series is that you're a novice uh it's fun yes but if you jump in head first you're gonna drown so the main thing i want you to take away from this is just get out go have fun above all go have fun and you know, see where you stack up, and depending on where you stack up, you know, that's going to kind of determine where you go next. Uh, and maybe, you, maybe you're like me, and you run street for two or three years in your own car before you move up. You know, there is no such thing as too much seat time. Never too much. And, and we're going to kind of talk about that next week. Next week, we're going to do... And we're going to cram both of these into one episode because I don't think we need an episode for both of these particular uh, topics. But we're going to talk about kind of what to do at the track and what to do after the track. So post-race reflection, you know, depending on what you've got in the car. Maybe you've got, uh, you know, maybe you've gone and um, shelled out some money for a uh, onboard telemetry system. You know, uh, maybe you've got a GoPro and you're videotaping your runs. Maybe you want to know what to look for. Stuff kind of like that. By no means is it a uh, instructional series. But, you know, we're, we're kind of doing this just to um, enlighten you guys uh, as to, you know, what's out there, what you can do with your cars, and how you can have fun. Uh, and real quick, before we sign off, I am going to give you a little bit of an outlook. Um, as to what's next. So what's on the horizon after this series? Uh, after this two-episode series that we're doing, we are going to start 
uh, interviewing at least people local to us uh, in the southwest Ohio area. We're going to start uh, interviewing some people in the car scene. And uh, we've got some people lined up for that. Uh, we're working on a couple big-time interviews. Uh, we've got Suicide Garage uh, that's going to come on the show, hopefully. Uh, we can get something ironed out with them. Uh, they were on last year, so we'll kind of have them give an update, uh, you know, last year compared to where they are now. Um, they're a lot bigger, if you haven't noticed. Um, and we're just going to try and kind of inform people, you know, what's out there? What is there to do in the car scene here in the Dayton area? Um, before you ask, there's a ton. So, definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, AJ, you got anything else before we get off for the day? Let's see. What else we got lined up is we got Devin Haas from uh, Go Fast Life. So yep. he'll be joining us here in the in the near future. And then also uh, Julian Stapleton from uh, Cruising Around Dayton. So he will be uh, he'll be joining us on the show. So look forward to that as well. Yes. And I think we got some other surprises lined up too as well. Yeah, I think we've got a couple uh, tricks up our sleeve. Definitely ones that we're not ready to to talk about yet. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that, guys. Um, and for AJ Morrow, this was Nick Burnow uh, on episode 9 of Ruthless ST Radio. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good one. Sunday, folks.